Hello, this is Josh Gondelman. No, I'm sorry, I'm Josh Gondelman, and this is Make My Day, a comedy game show. The world is a stressful place to be, so every week I play a game with one guest who is the only contestant, so they're guaranteed to win. Throughout the game we play, I assign my guest points based on how much their answers to my questions cheer me up, and then at the end, they win a $100 grand prize donation to the charity or cause of their choice. No stress, high fun. And then, after that, we each give a pep talk to the person or group of our choice, because this isn't all about me, it's just mostly about me. My guest today is a writer and comedian. He has a new half-hour special out on the Epics Network, and he is the game master at Stream of Blood, which is a, a, a role-playing game stream that you can watch from your own home on the internet. You, you guys know what streams are. Welcome to the show, Jared Logan. Hi, Josh. How's it going, buddy? Good, man. It's so nice to see you. I haven't seen you in forever, I feel like. I know, I know. Things are different. Look at all the gray in my hair. If you're mm. just listening at home, I have a white, my hair is pure white, and it's not from being scared uh, by a ghost, it's from age. Exactly. Well, this is perfect. Let's get into today's game. Great. Our game today is called Fantasy Fantasy. Jared, both recreationally and professionally, you're an expert and enthusiastic RPG game participant and the game master, as you, as as I introduced you for Stream master, of Blood. Master, very important part of that title. I will not. I will not skimp on master when I. You can call me Dungeon you. Master if you prefer. Game Dungeon. Master is also appropriate. So today's game, I will. <laughs> I think this will really be helpful to set the stage for listeners. But in this game, in the style of fantasy sports, where you assemble real players, right, real athletes, to play for a fake team that you assemble, today you will be drafting a fantasy, fantasy campaign of actual human beings. I will rate your answers to my questions based on creativity, accuracy, and how much they delight me specifically. And as always, the game will make slightly more sense than it sounds based on my explanation. Jared Logan, are you ready to play Fantasy Fantasy? Not at all. Let's go. <laughs> Let's do it. First question. Please name four people who are currently alive, celebrities or just people you know or have heard of, uh, who would be ideal characters for a role-playing campaign, the, uh, some kind of adventure in the style of maybe a Dungeons & Dragons or another role-playing game. They're not people you'd want to play with, right? They're not the people you'd assemble around a table to play. They are the characters being played. Okay, so uh, when you form a, a role-playing game party, you know, you have to fill certain roles, especially mm -hmm. in Dungeons & Dragons. So I, I went with a thief, a cleric, a fighter, and a wizard, right? Great. So for thief, I am going to go with one of the 10-year-old boys who tried to pick my pocket in Rome. <laughs> uh, I was in Rome in 2012, and um, I was like, I don't know, like, if you can't, you can't see me if you're listening to Josh's show, but I look like... America, like I just kind of have like a big fat Christian head, and um, I think I was wearing like clam digger jam shorts, shorts, and a T-shirt that said "Put a bird on it" from Portlandia, and I was probably like walking around with a fanny pack. Anyway. Uh, we were getting on the subway in Rome, and these two little kids started to box me out. And I was like, "What are these? What are these cute little kids doing?" And then all of a sudden, my wife, uh, then my girlfriend, went, "Get away from him!" and pushed <laughs> down a little kid in front of me. And I was like, "Why is my wife attacking a small child?" And then my wife yanked me into the subway, and then she just was out on the platform pushing down little kids. And I was like, "What's happening? Why did this? What's? How has our entire trip gone wrong?" 
But it turned out my wife, you know, she had lived in Rome for a year, mm-hmm. and she knew that those children were trying to pick my pocket. And Josh, if I hadn't kept my wallet in my front pocket, oh yeah, like a good resident of America who's read one website about <laughs> foreign travel, they would have gotten my wallet, but they didn't, and that would have been bad. Anyway, I picked those boys because I will never forget that story. My wife got onto the subway with me after pushing down two little boys. <laughs> and then all these old ladies on the subway went, brava, brava. <laughs> they were proud of her for attacking children. Um, wow. And so I will never forget that story or that trip. Or that was kind of a big trip with my wife, with my now wife, who I now that's have beautiful. two children with. So yes. we've got, that's one participant. That's our thief. thief. One of the 10-year-old uh, uh, ostensibly Albanian boys who tried to pickpocket me. Perfect. Okay, cleric. Yes. So you need a cleric. So a cleric is a holy man. So for that, I'm picking the cop that came to my Pentecostal church when I was 10 and told us that about the Satanists that were in our community and trying to kidnap us and hurt us. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had lots of evidence of occult uh, practices in our society. He got out old record albums for the band Earth, Wind, and Fire <laughs> and showed us that they featured occult and satanic imagery and warned us against listening to rock and roll such as Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, <laughs> and uh, at one point in what uh, a 10-year-old me realized was a cell phone but that he did not realize was a cell phone, He also explained that the other police at the precinct make fun of him a lot for his uh, beliefs because he (laughs) thought that there were satanic conspiracies all around him. So this wasn't even like a program that the police were doing at the time, like D.A.R.E. This was just a cop who went rogue to be like, like we fight crime and also the devil. (laughs) We also fight the devil because the devil has, uh, now we haven't caught anybody that's a Mm -hmm. member of these Mm -hmm. organizations yet, but we have caught people he like he also cited he found drawings a kid had committed another crime and then they searched the kid's room and he had drawings of like the devil with like women with large breasts and stuff like that <laughs> so the kid liked slayer like yeah. um so That's anyway, incredible. this this man, I think about him almost every day. Um, and my church heard this guy's pitch and was like, yeah, come talk to our kids. Yep. Um, so, yeah. And that the, was a big part of my upbringing was that sort of fear of Satan and stuff like that. So I feel like this guy is a real believer and will be maybe, maybe not like a, a great community member, but an excellent asset on this kind of adventure journey. <laughs> Right, how excited will he be in a Dungeons and Dragons world where there actually are demons? Like, like knew it. Yeah, he'll be like ready because he's studied up, you know. And it looks the devil looks like just like a skeleton with a hat with horns playing a guitar really loud. Right, he's like I knew it. So then we need a fighter, and for a fighter, I'm gonna go with my friend Jeff Muster. Mm-hmm. Uh, my friend Jeff Muster was my friend in like. Fifth and sixth grade, and then like until about tenth grade when I was uh, when I moved. I moved away from West Virginia to Tennessee. And Jeff Muster had four kids in his family, and his parents were kind of like old hippies. And he lived on New Hill, which was kind of this like area of town where there were like a lot of like trailers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the reason he's the fighter is because the famous story about Jeff Muster was like. 
while Jeff had a lot of skills and he could like build his own bikes because his family didn't really have enough money to like buy him new bikes all the time and he loved to ride bikes. So yeah. he would like build bikes out of bike parts. And then one time this redneck stole one of his bikes. Jeff had like a couple bikes. And so he got like kind of into a verbal altercation with this redneck kid on New Hill. And then the kid was like, fucking fight me, dude. And Jeff was like, okay, I'm going to fight you. And then um, they got off the bus and um, the kid was like, all right, let's fucking fight. And then Jeff was like, I'll fight you, but I have to go home and put my old clothes on first because I don't want to mess up my good clothes. And then all the rednecks like laughed really hard because they thought Jeff was, you know, pussying out of, excuse the term, that's the term they used. Um, And so Jeff went all the way home and then he changed into his old clothes and then he came back and beat that kid up really bad. Oh, no. (laughs) And I yeah. always think about like how like and then he helped the kid up and was like, see how stupid it was to fight? Give me my bike back. And like he was just like this like hippie, but like when he needed to, he would hurt people. And um that's I don't the know, best I admired kind of, that. Uh, that's the best kind of fighter, I think. And he's still my friend. He's my friend since fifth grade. So oh, that's it's kind beautiful. of amazing. Yeah. I love that. He's like a like a latter career John Wick who's like, he I'm not is. trying. I'm Only instead of a puppy, it's a bike. Yep. Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, Great fighter for this party. Wonderful. Love it. And I wonder how he's going to get along with some of these other people because then I need a wizard and I've chosen the uh, writer Alan Moore, mm-hmm. who was a huge influence on me and many other people. Do you know Alan Moore at all? Yeah. Josh? Yeah. 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 Um, he's sort of like a guy who uh, got very po- popular uh, writing comic books. And um, then his comic books got more and more obscure as he went. And um, he is kind of now only writing things that he uh, doesn't want people to read. Ooh. (laughs) Do you ever, do you know what I'm talking about? He's like an artist that's like so popular that he just started writing more and more obscure things until now. Like his comics are like, I dare you to read this. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, oh, you think what I do is so good? All yeah. right, enjoy this one, you fucks. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm not writing Swamp Thing anymore. I'm only writing about obscure literary characters from the 19th <laughs> century. And people were like, we're, we love this. Give us more. And he's like, fine. And then he was like, you know what? I'm writing, and he did this, I'm writing a 300-page erotic comic book with my wife, Melinda <laughs> Gebby, that is about... Wendy from Peter Pan having sex. I dare you to read that. And people were like, we love this. You've sold a million copies. And he was like, God damn it. And then then he, what did he do after that? Then he just published a newsletter about his hometown. <laughs> and, and people were like, this is cool. We'll, we'll read you doing this too. And he's just been unable to get people to stop being his fan. This is a great party. So we've got Thief, 10-year-old boy from Rome who tried to steal your wallet. Mm-hmm. Cleric. Um, West Virginia police officer who was really into the satanic panic in the mm-hmm. 1980s. Yes. Um, fighter, your friend Jeff Muster, mm-hmm. who you grew up with and who uh, very who fights when he has to. And mm-hmm. then wizard Alan Moore. This is an incredible party. This is they're, they're geared towards adventure. I'm excited to hear more yes. about them. Look, it doesn't make sense on paper, you know. 
But it's the or, chemistry when you get them in the room. Exactly. Once yes. they hang out together, it still doesn't make sense, but it's <laughs> happening anyway. But it, it's going to happen, right? You can't yeah. stop it from happening. Those are all great answers. Those were 75 points each for a total of 300 points for this first question. Just a great way to start the show. Congratulations. Next question. Mm. In true fantasy fashion, you're given a resurrection spell and can bring one dead person to life to be the fifth member of this party. Who do you resurrect and add to this group? I am going to, I have to pick another writer. I have to pick Octavia Butler. Do you know Octavia Butler? Yes, the science fiction writer. The science fiction writer. So she uh, she died, but she lived right near me where I live now. I live in Highland Park, California. She lived mm-hmm. right over in Pasadena. And I got to go and see I've – re- I've read a bunch of her books – um, uh, a black female science fiction writer in the 70s and early 80s. Yeah. So uh, kind of uh, a an innovator and a, uh, a glass ceiling breaker. And yeah. then she um, – I went and got to see her papers at the Huntington Library here in L.A. And she had mind powers, Josh. Whoa. Because she would just write over and over on a piece of paper, I will be a best-selling author. I will be a best-selling wow. author. Like over and over in freehand when she That's was amazing. working each day. And then she did it. That's awesome. I just read Parable of the Sower, which is like kind of this sort of apocalyptic, not post-apocalyptic, like the apocalypse is happening yeah. in the book. And she just, she, she, you can tell that Octavia Butler, the writer, not just the character in the book, has all her plans ready for when things go wrong. And that's why she'd be a good member of an adventuring party. Oh, that's She perfect. would know how to ration water and, you know, assign watch duty. What a great choice. An incredible yes. choice. This answer is worth another 200 points. If just outside of the game, do you have an Octavia Butler book that you would recommend to someone who hasn't uh, read any of her work? Parable of the Sower, the one I just mentioned, is it became a bestseller again recently because with the pandemic and yeah. some of the things that are going on, people feel like they're living through an apocalypse. I don't think that we are, but mm-hmm. I will say it's a very hopeful book. Um, oh, cool. it's, a, it's dark, but then it's also hopeful. So that's a good one to read. Awesome. Thank you for the, the recommendation. Yeah. Next question. Mm-hmm. If you could bestow one RPG skill or power, right, one role-playing skill or power that they might not otherwise have or they might not have in their actual life, what skills or powers would you confer upon them? Yes. So um, the 10-year-old uh, boy in Rome, I would give him the level one druid spell Goodberry, mm-hmm. um, which just makes berries appear in your hand. Great. Because I want him, I want to make sure he's getting nutrition. Yeah, I feel like sometimes on the ro- the open road, you don't get those kind of, those antioxidants that you need. Right, and also the berries heal one damage, and I feel like he's picking pockets. He might take some damage. He took some damage from my wife. <laughs> so I feel like he needs that good berry. Perfect. Um, the satanic panic guy, I couldn't decide. He either gets the, the, the enchantment cantrip friend because it feels like the other police officers weren't being very nice to him. <laughs> yeah, so he he might need it to get the me- other members of this party on board with him. Maybe he would be less preoccupied with Satanist if he had a friend, you know? Sure. And the, the spell friend makes someone your friend, even for a little bit. Because I feel like this guy, he's going to need to resort to magic to make friends. Yes. But 
Um, there's also the cleric spell Zone of Truth. It's a second level spell. And that would be good because then he could interview Satanists and mm-hmm. they have to tell the truth and he'll find out that none of them are actually Satanists. <laughs> They'll be like, yeah, man, we just, I just play bass really cool. <laughs> yeah, he's, I just like music and my parents mm-hmm. are divorced. I'm not mm-hmm. um, kidnapping people. <laughs> and then Jeff Muster, you know, Jeff Muster's also a ranger. So I saved this story about Jeff Muster. So Jeff Muster should get an animal companion because rangers get an animal companion. And Jeff is at least seventh level, a seventh level person by now. So he should have like a stag or some kind of huge caribou yeah, to help him cool fight. But Jeff le- legitimately liked to go camping. But by camping, I mean often there was no tent involved. Jeff would just like at the, on Friday after school be like, I'm going to go in the woods. And then he would just like go in the woods. And then I'd get like a call like Sunday afternoon at two. Like, can your mom come pick me up? I'm by, by the side of the highway at such and such spot. And then we would just drive the car over to like this section of highway. And there would come Jeff out of the woods smelling like he'd slept in the woods for two nights because he did. <laughs> This and guy he was rules. able to do this at 15. <laughs> this is the best guy I've ever heard of. He's awesome. Yeah, He's a fighter, partial class ranger, and he should have a stag caribou companion. No doubt. And then um, Alan Moore gets the Amulet of the Plains because he should be able to go to the places that he's created. The Amulet of the Plains lets you travel between dimensions. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a high-level magic item, but he's like a super powerful sorcerer, so yeah. he could handle it. And then Octavia Butler gets the most powerful thing. She gets the ninth-level wish spell because I feel like she's someone who could responsibly use a wish spell. It's the most powerful spell in all of Dungeons & Dragons. You could basically wish for anything you want. I I feel like that's right. I feel like she would be thoughtful, prudent, and and visionary in her use of the spell. Yeah, I feel like Octavia Butler, you give her a wish spell, we wake up tomorrow, we all have free health care. That's basically <laughs> right, 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 right. what you're getting there. This is perfect. Each of these answers is worth 50 points. There were five plus. We'll, we'll let the, the the police officer have both because I think he, he seems like a person that, that needs a little extra help. So that's 300 points in total for, for this Beautiful. question. Excellent answers. Wait, Josh, can I have 350 points? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thanks. 350 points for that answer. Yeah, no problem. Mm -hmm. Next question. Now that we have this party assembled, what is, as the game master, dungeon master, what is an adventure you would send them on? Suddenly I watch an ABC TV show called Big Sky, and at the end of it, they have, like, a very important message about human trafficking. Mm -hmm. And then... You know, the QAnon people think that human trafficking is a big problem. And everybody talks about human trafficking all the time. But did you know that it's like um, there are no, like the statistics are like way crazily overblown. Yeah. And human trafficking has now become the satanic panic where we're like, wait, it's crazy to say that they're Satanists. They're just people. There's just an organized cabal of people abducting (laughs) your your white child. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's not happening. That's really not. There's all kinds of ways that children's lives could be improved. We shouldn't be complacent. But this sort of boogeyman, it's like we always need to have a boogeyman. Yes. Right? So I want my D&D party to go into the dungeon of the internet and kill the boogeyman that our society seems to always need to have at all times. I love that. So, yeah, right. This moment, it's like they're they're trying to topple QAnon, but like whatever, but the force that has 
that QAnon is currently embodying throughout time immemorial. Right, exactly. Oh my yeah. God, you made it sound really fucking fa- like fantasy novel too. This sort of boogeyman people have in their heads because they can't imagine a world without an evil actor. Right, right. You know, that sort of, that sort of they have no control over that's mm-hmm. kind of fucking with their lives. But really, that guy's, that, that person, that being is not there. Incredible answer. This answer is worth 250 points on its own. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. Next question. Mm -hmm. Who is someone that you'd love for this party to encounter along their journey as a a non-player character, an NPC controlled by you, the game master? So when I was thinking of my party, I kept wanting to think of actors. And then I was like, wait, actors pretend to be the kind of thing that I want. You know what I mean? Yes. But then when I got to an NPC, I was like, okay, I can use an actor now. Yeah. So I picked my favorite current actor, Mads Mikkelsen. Mm Mm-hmm. And I picked him because I just saw him in a movie called um, Another Round. Have you seen this film? I've not. It is a Danish film. Um, about uh, this group of uh, men who are oh, probably about my age. They're getting into their 40s. Some of them are a little older. Mm-hmm. And they're filled with the ennui of middle age. Mm-hmm. Their careers and lives haven't gone the way they want, some of them. And so one of them reveals that uh, there's a certain philosopher that thinks that human beings have an alcohol uh, deficiency of about 0.05 blood alcohol content. So they decide to just sort of be about 0.05 drunk all the time. Okay. Which is a complex story because they are also all teachers. Now, (laughs) I loved this movie so much that I would just like to see Mads Mikkelsen in my story. Yep. Uh, And uh, I would like, you know, in in the D&D adventure, the classic trope is you all sit down and have a big stein of ale. Mm -hmm. And I want them all to have a big stein of ale with tavern keeper Mads Mikkelsen. (laughs) I love this. This is an excellent answer. I feel like he could pull off kind of um, like an innkeeper-y vibe, too. This is a terrific answer. It's only worth 0.05 points for obvious reasons, but it is the most impactful 0.05 point answer we've ever had on the show. Just tremendous work. Final question. Which human from history, living or dead, would you choose to be the ultimate enemy of this party? And this is a complicated answer because you're sending them on kind of an abstract journey into philosophy and humanity. So I'm excited to see where, where this goes. Josh, I've thought this through thoroughly. And you're <laughs> wait till you see how all the moving parts fit together. Please. Be- because my ultimate villain will be the high archpriest of the boogeyman, uh, Senator Joseph McCarthy mm-hmm. uh, of Wisconsin. And the reason is I think he definitely kind of personifies – I just read this book called The Fifties by David Halberstam. Have you mm-hmm. have you ever heard of this this book? No, I know so, I know a bunch of his other work, but I haven't read that one. It's a very good book, and basically each chapter is just a little bit about a person or a movement or a business in the fifties that mattered in the fifties. And there's you know of course a whole chapter on our friend Joe McCarthy, who we all know was uh, you know uh, responsible for the whole HUAC catastrophe mm-hmm. in the nineteen fifties, and he's also just sort of a master of the kind of Villainy I said I wanted my party to defeat. And there's another part to it, Josh. Okay. Because Mads Mickelson is in another round, a movie about getting drunk, and he's the tavern keeper, and Joe McCarthy was defeated by alcoholism. Damn. 
So Mads Mikkelsen is now, he's integral to the toppling of this enemy. They have to get Mads Mikkelsen to give them the magic brew that kills Joe McCarthy. This is awesome. I did not see this coming. It's yeah. woven together like a beautiful tapestry. I love this answer. This is a, this answer is worth 350 points all wow. on its own. Yeah. I huge. didn't expect 350. Okay, great. You got it. That's this is awesome. huge. I, my mind is blown like I'm a, a police officer in the 80s learning that the devil isn't real. This brings us, though, to the end of today's game of Fantasy Fantasy. Your total score is 1,450.05 points. That is the highest all-time score in Make My Day history. Jared Logan, how do you feel? Wow. Wow, I'm honored. Just want you to know that, you know, I wasn't just trying to make your day, Josh. I really believe that, you know, the things that I said. I, um, I felt that. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, thank you so much. And as this week's champion, you have won a $100 grand prize donation to the charity or a cause of your choice. Where will the money be going? So um, one thing I find really nice if you're looking for a charity is to go to your hometown and find one. So Absolutely. I found one in my hometown called Pantry Plus More in Morgantown, West Virginia. They find at-risk families mm -hmm. uh, who are in need of a little bit of a food insist assistance, and they mm -hmm. have a big well-stocked pantry that they Beautiful. are able to give people groceries and things to kind of uh, make sure they're eating healthy, uh, you know, no matter uh, what the pandemic or life brings. Excellent choice. And I will make all that information available in the show notes and on the show's social media uh, if anybody else is interested in donating. Do you follow automotive news or do you just like cars and want to see what the heck's going on? Well, then you might like Donut Media's new podcast, The Big Three. Hi, I'm James Pumphrey. And every week, me and my co-host slash two of my top five friends, Nolan Sykes and Joe Weber, unpack the latest and greatest in automotive news and trends on The Big Three. You'll also get a lot of laughs, hot takes, and personal insight on cars from the biggest car guys in automotive media. So, whether you're a hardcore enthusiast or just a person who goes, up, that's a good-looking car, <laughs> check out The Big Three, available wherever you get your podcasts, or you can watch the full videos at Donut Podcasts on YouTube. Finally, mm. for today's show, the pep talks, as every week, you and I will each give a pep talk to a person or a group that we think deserves it this week or might need it this week. I'll go first. My pep talk is for unlucky dice rollers. So you're on a cold streak. Maybe you disappointed a table full of craps players who are hoping you'd win big for them. Or maybe your fighter, thief, Dungeons and Dragons character ended up with eight out of 20 in their strength, charisma, constitution, and dexterity attributes. Either way, your day at the table hasn't gone the way you planned it. And this is for sure a disappointment. You don't go into a casino hoping to blow your stack of cash in 15 minutes, and you don't sit down to create a new RPG character with the aspiration that he'll be an unskilled, unlikable weakling. If you're anything like me, an unskilled, unlikable weakling, you will start worrying you're becoming a burden on those around you. You're dragging down the fortunes of your fellow gamblers and trusting your fellow role players to make up for your deficiencies during your adventures. But you're not a burden. You're part of a community. And it's time for that community to step up and be there for you. Whether it's with a string of lucky sevens that win back heaps of lost money, or a series of valiant magical attacks that murder a horde of orcs as your sword pings vainly off their thick calloused flesh. 
Either way, this temporary run of bad luck is not your fault, and people can't reasonably blame you for it. They will prop you up, and you'll turn things around. You can bet on that, even if you don't have the funds on hand to literally bet on it at this moment. Jared, the floor is yours for a pep talk. Well, I loved that, and I will say, if you roll a poor character in an old-school Dungeons & Dragons game, if you're rolling stats, or even 5e if you're rolling stats, play the play the poor, the poor character with poor play the, stats. Yeah, play the character His heroic journey or her mm-hmm. heroic journey will be mm-hmm. that much more... Rewarding. Rewarding, exactly. Yes. My Agreed. pep talk is for people who think that the world is going to end. I am here to say that it is not. Look, if you are uh, afraid of climate change, and I am afraid of climate change, you just, uh, I think it's real, but you gotta realize, you know, there's there's a good and bad in everything. Like, for example, with climate change, we're gonna lose some of the coasts, right? We don't need all of those coasts, you guys. Florida, (laughs) we don't, Myrtle Beach, we don't need that. I mean, you know, San Diego, it's not hurting, but it's not helping. You know, it's very (laughs) smash mouth down there. I think, Maybe once we all live on the shore of Kansas, mm-hmm. um, we're all roommates with each other, then we can finally start to make some compromises, you know, have some discussions, you know, and mm-hmm. get together. And, you know, I'm someone with children. And, and, and one time I was at a party and a woman uh, found out I was having a, a kid and was like, what about climate change? Wow, Jesus Christ, That what a conversation, a <laughs> uh, place to take the conversation. But what I will say is, you know, I think I think a, a world where we have to sail everywhere like Waterworld could be fun for mm-hmm. a kid. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Get to go out on the boat with dad every day, catch some fish. Dad drinks his own pee. That sounds like a fun <laughs> world for a kid. So you got to understand that life is always struggle and it always has been. And when you see something like the pandemic, history can be a real great balm to your fear of it because this pandemic is tragic and bad and um, it's caused a lot of suffering. But, you know, in 1348, they had the bubonic plague, which was a plague where you got boils on your dick. And that is arguably worse. So, you know, be happy you're in the one where you just wear a mask and uh, wash your hands because uh, and, and you don't get bitten by rats. Um, and, and count your lucky stars that you're in this one and not that one. And, and know that the world isn't ending. The world is just always been hard. And for some reason, me and Josh's and possibly your generation just caught a little nice little easy going 30 year blip there. And now we might have to work a little harder, but God, at least something's finally fucking happening. <laughs> I think that's a very exciting and encouraging pep talk. Thank you, Jared. And that's been the show. I'm your host, Josh Gondelman. This has been Make My Day. Thank you to this week's champion, Jared Logan. Jared, where can people find you and your work? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Check me out. Uh, I just did something called Unprotected Sets for the Epics Network, uh, where I did a socially distanced half hour uh, for a crowd of people. And then um, uh, you can also see me on the Stream of Blood, where I am a game master to multiple different tabletop role-playing games. We play a vampire game, and we play a Dungeons & Dragons game, and all kinds of stuff. We we stream about three times a week, so check that out if you get a chance on Twitch. Yeah, so if you enjoyed this, you'll definitely like that. Check out Stream of Blood. Check out Jared's stand-up, which is amazing. And if you if you have a couple bucks to spare, uh, donate to Pantry Plus More. I'll make all that information available. If you have your own answers to today's game of Fantasy Fantasy, you're welcome to tweet them at me, at, at Josh Gondelman, or at Make My Day Pod. 
And that's the show. Make My Day is a Radio Point production produced by Houston Snyder and Naomi Steinberg, recorded and edited by Kat Iosa, executive produced by Alex Bach, Rich Corson, and Daniel Powell. If you like the show, please rate and review it as highly as your conscience allows. A five-star review really helps. We'll be back next week. Until then, have several nice days. <laughs>